0: Welcome again to The Business of Kush, the Cannabis Business Podcast, where your host Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA, and his guests talk about all the business side of the cannabis industry, including accounting, finance, investing, and news of the day. If you're a cannabis business owner, investor, or industry insider, looking for the dopest tips to make more money, improve profits, and increase the value of your cannabis business, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Chip Schweiger. Hey
1: folks, welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Kush, the podcast where you get one actionable tip each week to increase the value of your cannabis business. Really glad that you're here. Say if you're a new listener, a very warm welcome to what is quickly becoming one of the best business podcasts for cannabis entrepreneurs. And that's not just me saying it but the feedback we've received from so many listeners. And we're going to actually read one of those reviews later in the episode. And if you are one of those regular subscribers, thanks for joining us again this week. So I'm your host, Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA, and I'm a 27-year veteran of public accounting and corporate finance. I'm also the founder and managing member of a CPA firm that helps marijuana, hemp, and CBD businesses stay on the right side of tax, accounting, and compliance rules. And I created this podcast with you in mind. Maybe you're a cannabis entrepreneur who wants to make more money or build a more valuable cannabis business. Or perhaps you're an investor and are looking to keep your finger on the pulse of our industry. Well, I'll tell you, regardless of where you are in the cannabis community, or even if you're looking to get into the legal marijuana business, you're welcome here in this podcast. And I hope you find value in these weekly episodes. If you do like what you're hearing, please consider dropping us a review on Apple or rating us on Spotify. Now, both platforms make it super easy to do. And in fact, with Spotify, you just click the number of stars you want and you're done. Now, the reason I mention this is positive reviews are nice. But what we really want to do is help get this podcast in front of more listeners in our community. So feel free to rate and review away. And feel free to share this with others who you think would enjoy it. All right. This week, let's talk about one of the most interesting phenomenon you'll ever see with entrepreneurs. It happens with cannabis entrepreneurs, and it happens with mainstream entrepreneurs. And that's what we call the hub and spoke owner. Now, what the hell am I talking about? Well, if you were to draw a picture that visually represents your role in your business, what would it look like? Are you at the top of a traditional Christmas tree like organization chart? Or are you stuck in the middle of your business like a hub in a bicycle wheel? Acquirers generally avoid hub and spoke managed businesses because they understand the dangers of buying a company too dependent on the owner. So if you wanna make your cannabis business more valuable and make it easier to run, even if you never wanna sell it, one factor to address is the hub and spoke model. So we're going to talk about the nine warning signs that you may be a hub and spoke owner and some suggestions for pulling yourself out of the middle of your business. Now, don't panic because being in the middle of your business is perfectly normal for most every entrepreneur I know. It's what makes entrepreneurs different and it's what makes them great, right? The ability to build something out of nothing. A lot of times, hell, Most of the time, that means driving everything in your company, especially from the start. Perfectly normal. But the tricky part here is if you want to scale, if you want to grow, and if you want to be able to build a really valuable business, you've got to get to the spot where you realize you can't do it all. And in fact, you should be very selective about what you actually are doing and how you spend your time because you need time to think strategically. You need time and bandwidth to focus on new markets and new products and on really understanding what makes your customers tick, what they want, and then providing it. And we talked about this last week in the episode with Christy and Haley from House of Jane. So maybe check out that episode for the reasons why understanding your customers' wants is so important. So if I've convinced you at least that you should consider getting out of the middle of your business, here are the nine warning signs and the nine tips that I promise you. All right, number one is that you sign all of the checks. Now, most business owners sign the checks for a number of reasons, including cash flow management and to avoid misappropriation of your valuable cash. And I get it. Until we can get safe banking in this country for the cannabis industry, that cash is one of the most valuable parts of your business, and also the one that carries with it the most risk. But what happens if you're away for a couple of days and an important supplier needs to be paid? If that's the case, things quickly come to a halt. So here's how you fix it. Consider giving an employee signing authority for checks up to a certain amount that you're comfortable with and then change the mailing address on your bank or credit union statements so that they're mailed to your home rather than to the office. That way you can review all the signed checks and make sure the privileges aren't being abused. All right, the number two sign that you may be a hub-and-spoke owner is your cell phone bill is over 20 pages long. When your employees are out over their skis a lot, it shows up in your cell phone bill because staff are calling you to coach them through every bit of their problems. Often it's because you've hired too many junior employees. So how do you fix that? Well, sometimes people with a couple of years of industry experience are a lot more self-sufficient and only slightly more expensive than the newbies. So consider getting a virtual assistant also who can act as a first line of defense in protecting your time and taking a lot of the administrative tasks off your hands. Now, there are a plethora also of gig employees that are able to support you and many great outsource functions that you can avail yourself to. All right, the number three sign that you may be a hub and spoke owner, well, it's that your revenue is flat when compared to last year. So in a normal non-pandemic year, flat revenue from one year to the next can be a sign that you're the hub in a hub and spoke model. Like forcing water through a hose, you have only so much capacity and no matter how efficient you are, every business dependent on its owner reaches capacity at some point. So think about the funnel. The diameter of the funnel determines how much money actually comes out of the bottom. Now here's how you fix that. Consider narrowing your product and or service offerings by eliminating those technically complex offerings that require your personal involvement And instead, focus on selling fewer things to more people. And this is where standardization really can help. All right, the number four sign that you may be a hub-and-spoke owner is your vacations suck. I mean, if you spend your vacations dispatching orders and solving problems from your cell phone, it's time to cut the tether. Is your family always pestering you to close your laptop and come to the beach? Well, if so, the way to fix this is start by taking one day off and seeing how your company does without you. Just one day. Build systems for failure points, but otherwise let things run their course and resist the urge to jump in, and that's super important. Now, work up to a point where you can take a few weeks off without affecting your business, and you'll be well on the road to solving this particular problem. All right, the number five tip that you may be a hub-and-spoke owner... You spend more time negotiating than a union boss. Now, if you find yourself constantly having to get involved in approving discount requests for your customers, you are the hub. And the same is true for vendor arrangements and employee matters. So here's how you fix it. Consider giving frontline, customer-facing employees a band within which they have your approval to negotiate. And you also may consider aligning your salespeople's bonuses to the gross margin for sales they generate. That way, you're rewarding their contributions to profitability rather than chasing these skinny margin deals. All right, the number six sign that you may be a hub-and-spoke owner is you gnaw know all of your customers by first name. It's good to have a pulse on your market. But knowing every single customer by first name can be a sign that you're relying too heavily on your personal relationships being the glue that holds your business together rather than the quality and consistency of your products and your services. So here's how to fix it. Consider replacing yourself as the rainmaker by hiring a sales team. And as inefficient as it may seem, Have a trusted employee shadow you when you meet customers so that over time, your customers can get comfortable dealing with someone else. All right, the number seven sign that you may be a hub and spoke owner is you're the one that closes up shop every night. If you're the only one who knows how to close up your business each night, maybe it's a dispensary, and you're the one counting the cash and locking the doors and setting the alarm, then you are very much a hub. And here's how to fix it. Write an employee manual with basic procedures of the close-up routine, the email signature to use, the voicemail protocol for your business, and give it to new employees on their very first day on the job. Even if it's a B2B business, basic policies can be a huge help in getting you out of the middle. All right, the number eight sign that you may be a hub-and-spoke owner is that you get CC'd on more than five emails a day. Now, employees... Customers and suppliers constantly CCing you on one of the emails can be a sign that they're looking for your tacit approval or that you have not made it clear when you want to be involved in their work and when you don't need to be. So how do you fix this one? Well, start by asking your employees to stop using the CC line in an email. Ask them to add you to the to line if you really must be aware of something and only if they need specific action from you. Otherwise, they can leave you out of the email chain entirely. And the bonus here, we all get too many emails. So this helps free up some of your time too. And the number nine sign that you may be a hub and spoke owner is you get all the tickets. So what do I mean by this? Well, suppliers willing you by sending you free tickets to events can be a sign that they see you as the decision maker in your business. And if you're the key contact for any of your suppliers you'll find yourself in the hub of your business when it comes time to negotiate terms. So here's how you fix that one. Consider appointing one of your trusted employees as the key contact for a major supplier and give that employee spending authority up to a limit that you're comfortable with. Now, (laughs) be honest, do any of these ring true with you? If so, in our experience, the most valuable companies are those that can run effectively on their own. Each time you fix one of these hub-and-spoke attributes, you create a more valuable company and a company that's more fun to own. After all, your goal is to run your business rather than having it run you. And if anything resonated with you this week and you want more help, just drop me a note at chip at thegreenleafcpa.com and we'll help you get unstuck. Okay, before we finish for this week with our last segment, I wanted to mention a review that we received the other day from Margarita Bukriva on Apple Podcasts, actually. So she gave us a five-star rating, which is awesome, but also the review of, quote, immensely enjoyed listening to this podcast, time well spent, thank you, close quotes. Well, thank you, Margarita, for the kind words, really appreciate it, and glad that you're getting value. And that's what this is all about. And now let's get to our last segment, and that's the one we call News of the Day. News of the Day. All right. Our first news article actually comes to us from Cannabis Business Times, and it's titled, Ohio Senate President Refuses to Calendar Adult Use Proposal. So Matt Huffman, who is the majority leader in the Ohio Senate, apparently said that told reporters on February 9th that he won't act on calendaring a proposal to legalize adult-use cannabis for floor debate in his chamber. So his quote was, quote, I don't want anyone to misunderstand my position, Huffman said. I'm not going to bring it to the Senate floor, and if that means people want to go out and put it on the ballot, have at it. Well, in Ohio, Republicans hold a 25 to 8 majority in the Ohio Senate and a 64 to 35 majority in the House. And the, the legalization proposal that we're talking about actually stems from a citizen led effort by the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana, like alcohol, which we talked about this actually a couple episodes ago, met a 132,000 signature threshold to put its petition before state lawmakers, and the Ohio Secretary of State announced that last month. Now, the coalition's proposal statute seeks to allow adults 21 and older to buy and possess up to 2.5 ounces of cannabis and grow up to six plants per person or 12 plants per household. In addition, the proposal aims to impose a 10% tax on cannabis sales, with the revenue going towards state costs to run the legalized program. And this was really something that they met the signature gathering benchmark well ahead of the January 14th deadline, uh, and with that started to enact a four-month timeline for the Ohio General Assembly to consider the proposal or an amended version of the proposal. But as recently as last month, the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, Said he opposes legalizing adult use cannabis. And that veto threat, paired with the GOP's firm majority in the General Assembly, really makes legislative action unlikely this year. 17 senators could sign a discharge petition, I guess but they would really have to get nine Republican senators who would have to be on board with that. So in Ohio, the way it works is if state lawmakers do not enact the coalition's proposal or an amended version of it within the four-month timeline, then the organization, the coalition, has to go collect an additional 132,000 signatures, so that would make it 265,000 total, by early July for the opportunity to present the issue to Ohio voters on the November 8th, 2022 ballot. The reason I bring this up is we have talked before well about the will of the people, and 75% of the people in this country support legalizing marijuana in some form or fashion. So, there's going to continue to be roadblocks. There's going to continue to be issues with this. Uh, this actually in Ohio came up uh, the last time with adult use cannabis proposal was put before Ohio voters in November of 2015. They actually rejected the issue with 63% of the votes, but it was really that they objected that it would create a monopoly, citing the ballot issues call for 10 growing sites across the state. That number could have increased to more than 1,100 retail licenses to meet future demand under the issue, and an unlimited number of home growers could have been licensed. But it's going to have—it's got an uphill battle in Ohio. Uh, probably one of the latter states that will legalize marijuana at least until the voters get involved. And I suspect—and maybe what we'll see in Ohio is that the voters will do that, that the legislature, the assembly won't take any action, the coalition will go out and get enough signatures, and it will be put to the voters again to decide what they want to do. So stay tuned to Ohio, and we'll try to bring you continued updates of legalization efforts in that state. All right, on a more positive note, the second article that we have today comes to us from Marijuana Moment, and the title of it is New York bill would give temporary marijuana licenses to hemp growers to prepare for sales and to promote equity. So, key members of the New York Assembly and the Senate in New York recently filed bills that would provide provisional marijuana cultivator and processor licenses for existing hemp businesses to take certain steps to promote equity in the emerging industry in New York. So, The bicameral legislation is being led by the assembly majority leader and by a state senator who have sponsored the adult use legalization law that took effect last year, along with another senator who is listed as the co-sponsor of the new licensing bill. And this measure is really meant to simultaneously expedite the process of standing up New York's adult use market while supporting efforts to reach ambitious equity goals with respect to cannabis business participation. So as it stands right now in New York, adults 21 and older can possess and publicly consume cannabis, as well as gift cannabis to other adults as long as they aren't being compensated for. it. But regulators are still finalizing the licensing rules, and there are currently no retailers that are authorized to sell cannabis for adult use in the state. So the justification section of this particular bill says that it's, quote, necessary to allow for a timely establishment of the adult-use cannabis market by allowing for the temporary conditional cultivation and processing of adult-use cannabis as soon as it is feasible. And I think this is a brilliant idea. On behalf of the state of New York, to really get this market going right away, right? Get this—the will of the people, what the voters have voted for, what the legislature has passed, and what the governor supports—is get this uh, can get cannabis in New York going quickly. And that uh, this particular bill also would add that mentees must fit with an established definition of an equity applicant and that currently includes people from communities disproportionately impacted by the prohibition and including minority and women-owned businesses distressed farmers rather and service disabled veterans. However, other bills have been introduced in New York in recent months that are aimed at expanding that equity qualification to include other groups such as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and non binary people. So we'll see where this goes. The new bill further requires that conditional licensees, uh, quote, enter into a labor peace agreement with a bona fide labor organization that is actively engaged in representing or attempting to represent the applicant's employees within six months of licensure. I think it's a great idea to get this going. Uh, the Office of Cannabis Management in New York is really on top of this particular issue. And under this, they'll be able to issue the conditional licenses up until June 1 of 2023, after which point businesses would be required to apply for a standard adult use licenses. Uh, and the conditional licenses would be invalidated in their entirety as of June 30th of 2024. So stay tuned for more on that. We'll bring you more news as this continues to develop. Hey, you may have seen that we've got a new website for this podcast. We're now at com, And just as before, we've got every episode there with the show notes and a place for you to ask questions or to provide feedback on what you'd like to hear more of. Now, this show is for you. So if you're stuck on something in your business, let us know and we'll help you dig into it. So head on over to bizofcush.com and please drop us a note. And even if you just wanna say hi, we'd love to hear from you either in a comment or you can leave us a voice message while you're there. And also, just one last reminder, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter. All of them are at bizofcush.com. So let's connect. And with that, we're done for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your questions. And especially thanks for getting this podcast to more people through your reviews and ratings on Apple and Spotify. And look forward to you joining us again next week. We'll see you.
0: You've been listening to The Business of Kush, the podcast for cannabis business owners, investors, and industry insiders. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast. It's easy to do by clicking on that subscribe button or follow button. And you can also follow us on social media at BizofKush Biz of Kush, or visit us on the web at www.thegreenleafcpa.com forward slash listen. We'll catch you in the next episode. And thanks again for listening to the Business of Kush.